And to me, it's a benefit. It's a blessing to be a woman and Latina in this field, for sure. You might not be able to control others see you, but you do control how you react. I'm a double minority in this career, right? Man, but I don't let that stop me at all. That's just how they view it. That's not how I see it, right? I'm just killing it, reaching my goals. 2021, women made up over half of all summer associates for the fourth year in a row. Yet equity partners in multi-tier law firms continue to be disproportionately white men. Only 22% of equity partners are women. We would like to see that change. Hello, and welcome to LawHer, the show where we celebrate the trailblazing attorneys and entrepreneurs who are changing the game for women in the legal fields. Be inspired by their stories, learn from their mistakes, build community, and look forward to the future they're helping build for the next generation of women in law. I am Sonia Palmer, your host and VP of Operations at Rankings, the SEO agency of choice for personal injury lawyers. This is LawHer. Every day, Karen Berrios fulfills the promise she made to herself to help change and improve the lives of others. As an immigration and personal injury attorney, Karen's clients trust her firm with their lives, and she loves making such a large impact on her community. Over the past decade, the managing and founding partner of Barrios and Virgues has grown her firm to over 30 staff members and has helped countless families in Georgia. Karen explains how she sees her double minority status as a woman and Latina as an advantage and how she is healing from extreme trauma. We discuss working through the mess to find yourself and growing a wildly successful firm in the process. Let's dive in. I think it really gave me an amazing perspective in life growing up in a third world country and and becoming an immigrant to another country. I really think that it shapes how you view life and you start appreciating even the smaller things in life when you grow up different places in the world, to to be honest with you. So I'm very grateful, honestly, to have had that experience and to be where I'm at now. And, you know, I teach my kids that all the time. I'm like, you're lucky, you know, you live here in the U.S. Um, you're lucky you have all, every every luxury some people don't have. So it feels like a blessing, to be honest with you. And I read that you made a promise to yourself. The quote is, as long as I could have the strength, I was going to help the most helpless. And that became your motivation to study law. How did that start? So, you know, a lot of people get a little bit shocked when I tell a little bit of my story, but I was actually kidnapped when I was 10 uh, for 13 days in Guatemala City. You know, back in the day in Guatemala, it was organized crime for money. That's truly what it was for. You know, there was kidnappings every day, which was really sad, especially children. So I get kidnapped and, you know, miraculously, honestly, someone called during the 10th day while I was being held hostage, that the house that I was being held in looked very suspicious. And I was actually kept in a very residential area. It wasn't like a remote area. It was very residential. And the lady called and said, look, I've seen men come in and out of that home with guns. And, you know, I miraculously got rescued by the cops in my country, by the government. And yeah, they were able to apprehend eight of the people. And so after getting rescued and, you know, being reunited with my family, I actually had to go back to trial. At that point, I was 11 because it was like a year later. And that was a very tough moment in my life, to be honest with you. I didn't want to go back. I was only 11 years old. 
And I honestly remember how impactful the prosecutor was in my life. He flew all the way down to Georgia to get my statement because he knew I didn't want to go back. And he asked my dad, can I have some alone time with her? And he's like, yeah, sure. And, you know, he talked to me, he goes, Karen, I'm going to ask you to be brave one more time. And he, and I said, I can't. He was like, would you want anybody go through what you went through? And I was like, no. And he's like, that's why we have to go back. And, you know, I went back, I went through the trials about three weeks, which was really tough. And that's when I decided how much of an impact an attorney can have in somebody's life when you do it with a passion, because the prosecutor, my case, I mean, I think he viewed me as his daughter and he really fought like with everything he had for my case. And, you know, justice was served. They, they're serving life in prison. And it's crazy because actually four years ago, it was my anniversary. I was kidnapped September 4th. So, um, yeah. So, you know, it's, it's a good reminder. It's, it's tough to be honest sometimes to think about, man, somebody's in prison because of what they did. Right. And then you think, and I'm like, how are they? Sometimes I do think about all those things, but every day I get up with that same passion of how can I make a, an impact? How can I help somebody today with what I do? I really appreciate you sharing that. We say a lot of times on this podcast, you know, that lawyers, attorneys, they see people on their worst days. You know, you're getting kind of a window of the worst time of their life and you have such an amazing impact. So I love hearing that sort of other side of it where you can confirm that, you know, (laughs) that that's exactly, it was the most traumatic, painful part of your life. And there was this person, you know, that was able to help you. It's that confirmation, I think, for uh, our audience particular that will really, really appreciate hearing that story. So you decided to be a lawyer. What was law school like? Was it what you expected? Oh, man, law school is tough. You know, I always tell people, you have to have a very strong reason why you want to go to law school because it's it's not easy. I mean, your first year, they really make it on purpose to break people <laughs> and deter people from studying law. But, you know, I was very young. Sonny, I was like 21 when I got into law. Ooh, you were very young. I graduated high school when I was 16. So I went straight to law school. So I was very young, you know, and I think, it sounds so weird, but to me, going to law school was like therapy because I really focused all my energy into something that I really wanted to achieve. It was really tough. I'll be honest with you personally, because it was then when I truly needed help to really talk about my trauma. Because I always tell people, once you've been in a very traumatic situation, you have to work at it constantly. And different seasons of your life bring up different symptoms, different problems. And, and I still go to therapy. Sonia, every, you know, every time I need it, I go back. And my first year of law school was really tough. I mean, I think I went through depression, through anxiety, through everything. And then my second year of law school, I made it a priority to go to therapy. And that's when I found my amazing therapist. She still is my therapist to the day. And she really focuses on hardcore trauma. That's her main focus. I mean, every patient she sees is like really intense trauma. And she really helped me 
just walk through how intense the trauma was, but it was super tough because I was like, if I could be a lawyer, I could help others. And I feel that that is the best way you can heal trauma. It's helping others. So yeah, that was law school for me. So it was a little, it was a little tough, but I made it. Over the last few years, particularly with the pandemic, there has been a much larger focus on mental health, mental illness, trauma, recovering from those things. And one of the things that I always see that resonates is this sort of like making a promise to yourself, make a small promise and then do it. They see it in things like, you know, make your bed first in the morning. And so I can see why something like law school, making a promise to yourself, I'm going to complete law school. And then just the simple things, I'm going to go to class. I'm going to take this test. I'm going to do this. And being able to check those off would be very healing. So I love that you've had your therapist like your whole life. What is that like? (laughs) I mean, you know, it's crazy. She's awesome. And, you know, talking about mental health, Sonia, I think that this is so important, especially in such a high stress career and which is the being a lawyer. I mean, it's, it's tough. You have so much pressure to help others. You have to reach goals. You have to win. And if you don't win, it was kind of your fault. So it's a lot of, you know, it's a lot of stuff going on emotionally when you're a lawyer and having somebody like my therapist throughout my whole life, pretty much she really gets where, where I'm coming from every time I meet with her. It was tough finding her though. I went through one other therapist and, and I don't think she intentionally did anything to harm me, but she didn't have the resources to really treat the type of trauma I had. So I went with her for about three months and I got actually re-traumatized and it was very dangerous because I started getting depressed. I had extreme anxiety and that's when we, you know, I made a, de- a decision to look for somebody else. And that's how I found her. But she does, you know, rapid eye movement to kind of help your brain, you know, walk through the trauma. I mean, there's different techniques, right? So I love it. I'm so pro mental health. I think everybody needs a therapist and I'm very vocal about it. I do think that sometimes people equate therapy with talk therapy. And that's all that it is sitting in a room talking about your feelings. And that's a large part of it. But what you just talked about, like that is a very specific type of therapy, like neurofeedback, where it's it's so much more than just talking, especially with trauma, like you said, because sometimes that talk therapy can actually be bad for someone who's experienced trauma and they need more advanced tools like you suggested. So I'm really, really happy that you were able to find someone um, and that they have been a good help to you. And you are a lawyer, but you are also a firm owner, (laughs) Um, which adds a whole other element. (laughs) So uh, you mentioned in a recent Instagram post that for women looking to get into law school, they have to know their why. What is your why and how has that evolved? You know, Sonia, I'm really big about how you show up every day and the the why you show up, right? How? And to me, honestly, it took a while. I'm not going to lie and say if day one, I knew my purpose and my why. It's It's been a like a process, really finding out who I am. You know, what do I enjoy? How do I find satisfaction? And it clicked for me about three years ago. I said, this profession is pretty tough. But if you know your why, like the bigger why, then it makes all 
sense, right? It's worth it. And to me, it's truly impacting people's lives through like amazing service and, and how you treat people. So we have a team of about 30 people now. I do all my interviews to hire the people in our law firm because I'm really big about who they are. And you have to have a heart to help others. I mean, you just have to. In the legal industry, if you don't have that, you do get burnt out. But when I'm getting burnt out, Sonia, which it happens, right? Uh, sometimes I get tired, frustrated. I'm like, no, I'm making such a big impact. We're making such a big impact in our community, but how we're serving people. And so truly my why is to change and improve people's lives through the legal industry, which like how we said at the beginning, it has such a big impact in somebody's life at that moment. So when I meet with people, that to me, it's big because I'm like, they chose us over so many law firms out there and they're trusting us with their lives. And that's what I teach our team. I'm like, the person that signs our contract is telling us, I trust you with, you know, with this accident, with this, you know, green card application. And to me, that's a big privilege. So remembering that every day, I think it's what really makes this career meaningful. Burnout may not necessarily be about the amount of work or the stress of the work, but just, you know, have you briefly lost the reason why you're doing the work? So that if you can keep the why intact, the burnout is less likely, even with the same amount of stress and busyness. And you, you're talking about impact. You have a lot of opportunities for that. You are an attorney, like we've discussed, you're helping people. But then now you're a business owner with a team of people that you can directly mentor and grow and lead. And then of course, you're also a mom. <laughs> yeah. Let's just add that into the Yeah, message. let's just add it in there. <laughs> so you obviously have a ton of passion for this. Um, and we've acknowledged that it is a very tough profession. How do you kind of keep going when it gets hard? Our society, Sonia teaches us to do, 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 results, results, results. And sometimes we forget about taking care of the most important part, which is ourselves. And as women, I, on top of that, right, we're, we're really caring, which is one of our best, you know, traits. When I'm really just getting tired, burnt out, I do take a few hours of a day and say, hey, let me just stay back home. I mean, it's so practical. I'm like, I'm going to work from home and I'm going by myself and when I'm frustrated, burnt out, it's so fast to make a decision of how do I see this? You know, how do I see my life right now? And being grateful, gratitude is really big for me. I mean, that changes my perspective really quickly. You know, if it's physical, like you're exhausted, you definitely need to sleep more and you need to eat better. I've been, I've been trying this year to really take care of just my whole being because yeah, I'm taking care of my mental health, but sometimes we don't take care of our, you know, what we're eating and how we're being active. It's, it's a whole formula, right? So to me, like taking a moment to really find that gratitude in my life really changes things if it's mental burnt out. And it is so important how you're taking care of your body, especially when you're, you know, in your middle thirties, yourself feeling different, your twenties, you know, supplements, drinking water. I know it sounds so like basic, but that really takes care of who you are and how you're showing up. So for me this year, it's been more physical, taking care of how I feel physically and, you know, just resetting your mindset. I think that's big. 
I completely believe that things like sleep, hydration, <laughs> nutrition, it's not necessarily about dieting, but you know, did I eat a vegetable today? <laughs> that can then set you up to be able to cope with very difficult things. It's not going to make it go away, <laughs> but it can lessen the degree in which it impacts you. And I do think that women particularly, based on what you just said, that's often what they neglect. Life gets busy. They don't get enough sleep. And they're living off of coffee. You know, they're, they're eating goldfish, you know, and their kids' lunchboxes. And it's the not taking care of themselves sort of the first thing to go. And it, it works against them. So I, yes, I complete supplements. All of that stuff I think is incredibly important. And if we prioritized it, it would, um, it would make things a lot better. So all of your hard work is paid off. You are a, the managing partner at your firm, a title held by very few women. Did you open the firm or work your way to partner? Oh, so that's a whole just awesome story, right? So I met my husband in our, like uh, during our second year of law school. He literally became my best friend. He's the one that actually helped me find my therapist. I mean, he's, he's cool. He's a pretty cool guy. We ended up being friends, ended up dating, ended up, you know, studying for the bar together. And in 2013, we passed the bar and we literally opened the firm December, 2014. Wow. So we've been going at it for eight years. And like I said, I mean, it's so cool. I, I honestly, like, it's been tough. Sonia, I'm not going to lie. It, it's, it's tough. But looking back at everything we've lived, at everything we've built, at everything that we've been able to accomplish, the people we've been able to help, that just gives me so much more fuel to keep going. So you have a lot to be proud of, you know, and, and just doing it the right way. I think having the right intentions when, you know, I think that's, we have so much powers as an attorneys that really knowing like, you're, like we're talking, like your why, why you're doing this, like you know, and, and being able to work with my husband is actually amazing, which not a lot of people can say, <laughs> you know, but we've learned so much this past eight years, like his strengths, my strengths, his weaknesses, my weaknesses. And we really focus on that and we really work together and we we're a great team. How do the two of you divide responsibilities? We've gone through so much like coaching, business, learning. I always tell like lawyers, the one thing that they don't teach in law school, it's how to run a business. Actually, they've done studies. The attorneys are the worst business owners because you're <laughs> trained to avoid risk, right? That's what we're trained. We're like, oh, don't do this because if you do this, this could happen. We're trained that way. And so Jorge and I, my husband and I really made a priority to say, okay, we want to run this. Well, let's learn about business, right? So we're really big about coaching, learning. And throughout this time, we've really focused on our strengths. So my husband is super type A, right? Like super structure, super system oriented. He kind of brings the order, right? And I'm more visionary. I bring the ideas. I, you know, I bring the energy. I talk to our team. I, you know, like I say, I try to mentor, coach. So we really focus on our strengths. 
And I truly understand that that's his strength, right? Like he's being organized and, and I respect that. Right. And I follow what he says. Cause I, I get it. He's good at that. And he respects that I'm good at, you know, networking, I'm good at meeting with people. And so we really work off of our strengths, not our weaknesses. I think most successful partnerships, whether marriage or business or anything else, if you can work to bring out each other's strengths and then at the same time work to mitigate each other's flaws, because there are flaws, there are going to be weaknesses, but sort of block and tackle in that same way. So uh, how would you describe the culture of the firm? I feel like there's a lot of toxicity in the legal industry when it comes to employment and you know, I do job interviews like literally daily nowadays in the sense that we're hiring for another nine positions for the next quarter. And so literally interviewing has become one of my biggest time-consuming activities in the firm. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I noticed, Sonia, is that a lot of law firms, a lot of owners, attorneys don't focus on people, right? And to me, people's everything, clients, team, right? Like, If I'm not serving my clients well, I'm not doing a good job. If my team is not happy or feel satisfied or feels appreciated, then they're not going to do a good job to serve the people that need help. Yeah. One of our biggest focus is people, right? Like hiring the right people based on our core values, who we are. Do they meet those core values? And truly our core values, Sonia, are very either you have it or you don't. They're character traits, right? Do you have a heart to help others? Are you honest? Of our biggest one. And I can't teach that. Either you have it or you don't, right? And so our our culture has been, I think it evolves constantly because the the law firm evolves, right? Like we evolve. And so we've actually been able to capture 30 amazing people that really want to do their best and how they do what we do. And I feel like you know, I'm, I'm really big about every Monday meeting. I'm like, dude, guys, remember why we do this, right? I know it's tough. It's not an easy job. And I, I really tell them that. I live that with them. I'm like, it's a lot of pressure, but remember why we do this. Remember we're changing people's lives. I mean, it's so cool. So we have something called the wind wall. And one of my, my things is like in the legal industry, there's a lot of bad news, right? It's a lot of fires, a lot of, oh my gosh, they called, they're upset. So I created a movement called the wind wall that every time something good happens, we write it and we ring a bell. And so anybody can go up there and say, we got a green card and they ring the bell and everybody claps, right? And so I'm really big about focusing on the good instead of the bad. And I and I try to bring that into our culture just because I want people to be happy with what they do. So, you know, it's a little bit about our culture. Yeah, that that happiness is contagious. That positive outlook is contagious when you're dealing with people in very tough situations. Just being able to work with an individual that's bright, that alone can go a long way. And I love what you mentioned about evolving because I think that's so important for businesses today where stagnation, leaving things the way they are is actually more risky than trying to change. So what does your intake process look like? You guys do it in-house? I'm really big about trying to create the feel of who we are. Because truly, I mean, it is the feeling. It is how somebody made you feel. That's why you choose service. So we do do our intake. You know, we have 
a department that takes the calls, then it goes to scheduling, then one of the attorneys meets with the potential clients. And we're really big about that. A lot of law firms forget that you have to actually speak to an attorney when they hire a firm. And so we, we do have a rule that within 24 hours, they have to speak with one of our attorneys. And we have to do the welcome. We have to explain them the legal process. We have to make them feel like they make the right decision by choosing us. People are at the heart of everything Karen does. She explains how that passion shows up in her service to the Spanish-speaking community. I think, you know, I have a passion to, to teach, to educate. I feel that that's what truly makes a difference in somebody's life. It's, it's the knowledge, the power, right? So I'm really big about helping my community become better. I mean, you know, I, I learned this from a coach and he says, you have to be the J effect in your generation. I was like, what is the J effect? Right. And, and he goes, all your generations did a straight line, but you have to make that curve to go up, to go to a different direction. And to me, that's big. You know, I try to do that with even my children, right? Like what I didn't see my parents doing, I want to do it because I want them to have a different perspective in life. So one of the biggest things for me, it's really motivating, educating my community on their rights, on even mental health, what we talked about. In our culture, that's a very taboo. Oh, you're not crazy. I don't, I don't need to go to a therapist. That's really bad in our in our culture, right? And to me, you know, if if I'm used for that to propel the change to somebody go to therapy, to somebody to feel better to somebody to talk about their trauma, man, that's all worth it for me. So for me, education's really big, serving my community in that sense. I do a lot of conferences like in churches um, and Hispanic events. And I go up there and I and I tell the young generation, dude, I, I was not even born here. Like I came when I was 10. I didn't even speak English when I was 10, right? Like I was an ESL student and I made it through... Like, and my parents don't even speak well English. So no one really helped me to get there. Like I had to fight through, you know, applications, how to do this, how to apply to law school. And I tell them, I'm like, if I could do it, anybody can do it. Like you just have to make a decision. And so to me, if we can impact that younger generation to become what they wish to be, man, that's awesome. According to a survey at the American Bar Association, the vast majority of equity partners, which is 81 to 93%, depending on the firm size, are white attorneys. What are some of the barriers of entry that you see for Hispanic women entering the legal field? That's a that's a really good one. So I actually live this. Um, we ended up representing a family for wrongful death, and it was a pretty big case here in Georgia. And, um, you know, I walked in, it was a, a very, you know, intense mediation and I walk in and the court reporter comes up and says, oh, family's not allowed. And I said, um, no, I'm not family, you know? And she's like, so what are you doing here? And I said, I'm actually one of the lawyers. And she's like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. You know, and, and that's when it dawned on me that that's still happening I think it has to do a lot with your mindset because 
I feel like if you let that be an obstacle, it will be an obstacle for you. Literally, it's a decision. Yeah, I mean, am I going to face it? Yeah, but how do I respond to it? And that has been my life lesson. It's you don't choose what happens to you, but you choose how to respond to it, right? And so to me, it's, yes, I'm Hispanic. Yes, I'm a woman. I'm a double minority in this career, right? Man, but I don't let that stop me at all. Like, I mean, that's just how they view it. That's not how I see it, right? I'm just killing it, reaching my goals. And I'm not going to let that affect me. But I see this when people are like, oh, I'm a minority. They're going to treat me differently. This is going to stop me. Then it will. It definitely will stop you. But it is a choice. And I am grateful for my dad, Sonia, because my dad is a very strong alpha male and he ended up having four daughters. <laughs> I'm one of two daughters. So, yes. Oh, four dads. So he had four and I'm the youngest. And he raised me not to think that I'm different because I'm a woman. And I love that about how he raised me. He was like, you can do whatever. Like, you, you got this. You want to be a lawyer? You can do it. He never taught me to view myself as a minority just because I'm a woman. And so I am grateful for my dad to do that because I truly don't see that as an obstacle. I actually see that as a benefit. I'm a woman. I can do it all. Like, I truly understand how people feel. Men sometimes are tough to really pick up energy and, oh, man, this and that. So I use that as my advantage, right? In Latina, I speak English and Spanish. I can double serve my community. So it is truly how you see it. And to me, it's a benefit. It's a blessing to be a woman and Latina in this field, for sure. A statistic like that is staggering. But you cannot control how other people are going to view you. You can control and take action in your response. That's what you can adjust. And you've clearly done a very good job. You're making me appreciate my dad, too. Because I feel we were, there was never like, oh, what am I going to do with these girls? You know, <laughs> it was um, treated very much the same. So I, I love that. For women who want to follow in your footsteps, what is one of the best lessons you have learned in this process? I think it's to get to know who you are. I feel like because of this career, some people lose themselves and they don't even know their why, what they enjoy, right? And to me, it's getting to know who I am. How can I improve? How can I get better? How can I do my job better? And truly, I mean, I, it sounds so repetitive, but knowing the why you do what you do. I mean, I think, and, and that doesn't come up like in one day. That's a process, right? Like that's, you got to look back if you're writing this career and say, why did I become a lawyer? right? Or if you're going to start this process is why do I want to be a lawyer? I always tell people, if you just want it for the status or, oh, I am a Juris doctorate, it's tough, mm -hmm. man. People get burnt out because you don't have a passion. I think we're like one of the professions that have the most alcohol abuse and drug problems. Why? Because, you know, some people don't understand their why. And, you know, I, I would say the biggest lesson I've learned throughout this eight years is knowing what you do things makes it a lot better if you're doing it with the right reasons. And, you know, for the first few years of my career was really tough. Like I became a new mom right away. I literally passed the bar 
October, 2013, and I was pregnant September, 2014. So like, not only did I open a business, I had gotten just married. So we got married in August, 2014, ended up getting pregnant a month after getting married and I was running a law firm. Right. And so those years were tough. I'm not going to lie. Like I probably didn't know my why very clearly, even though I had such a big reason why I went to law school. Right. My trauma went crazy, right? Because I just become a mom. I have really bad PTSD. When my son was born, I had really bad OCD, postpartum depression. Those are real things we need to talk about, you know, as as women being professionals and you still have to show up, you know, and that's tough, you know, like the, the, the pressure that we get. And so for me, it was all about figuring out who I am. It took a while, right? I had to go back to therapy, like intensive therapy when my son was eight months old because I, I literally went a little crazy, right? And so I had to work through that and that's messy. And a lot of people don't want to do that, you know? And I, what I encourage people listening to this podcast is work through the mess because that is what gonna, it's gonna get you through the other side and it's gonna make you such a better human being. like a better mom, a better, you know, lawyer, a better sister, a better wife, just because you work through the mess that it's holding you back. So for me, if I can say, what's the one lesson is find yourself through the mess, through the messy work that you have to do in order to become better. And and it's going to shape your whole life, being a lawyer, being a wife, being whatever it is. So I guess that's my number one lesson that I've learned through this eight years. That's a very important lesson. <laughs> what you said, uh, you go a little crazy. I think that I've always kind of referred to those as a nervous breakdown, where it's just the feelings, the emotions are, it, it cracks. But when I look back at my own experience, those granted me empathy in a way that nothing else could have. When you're sort of in that rock bottom place, it's hard not to have empathy and feel for other people who are going through something similar. And it does build resilience because if I can, if we can do that, we can do anything. <laughs> um, it, it does make you stronger. And one thing I've learned, it's that emotions are actually good. Like sometimes we want to run away from emotions because they're hard to feel them. Like it, they're tough. Let them feel, you know, what truly you're feeling. But if you don't, work through your emotions, then what that does is you're just repressing them and they're going to come out sooner or later, right? Through maybe an autoimmune that happens a lot, right? Maybe through whatever it is. And so for me, it's letting people know, work through those emotions. That's what really, and what you just said, I learned that my first year of counseling, I was very hardcore, like no emotions, like you don't mess with me. I was nothing like I am now, right? But that was the pain that I didn't want to feel. And until I felt the pain, until I went through therapy, until I worked through all my trauma, it's exactly what you said. Then I could feel empathy for others until I felt my own pain, which is very backwards, right? And if you want to be a kick-ass lawyer, you got to know how to feel for people. You got to put yourself in people's shoes. You got to say, What if that was my mom? What if that was my sister? What if that was, you know, my family member? How would I act? How would I defend them? How would I represent them? And that to me is my daily job, which 
can get crazy with emotions, but it's just learning how to navigate through that and, and doing things the right way. That is very interesting. I've never looked at it that way. And this is probably where a good therapist would come in, would be very important in helping someone navigate this. But the inability to understand our own feelings or emotions until we can see and identify them in other people to feel their pain first. And then that helps us feel our own. So, and I bet that's probably true of more than pain, Um, but all of the emotions. But I did want to talk about what your community building efforts look like from a professional and community standpoint. Um, What does that look like for you? So, you know, being a business owner, it's a balance, learning how to build your business and keep it going. But at some point, the hope is that this business is going to produce enough to help where you want to help. So this year, we're really big about initiating, like I said, education workshops. Like I've done this my whole career. Like since I literally started day one, I would tell churches because I feel like churches are a good place where people congregate and you can teach people. I do free workshops. I don't care how big I am and how big our law firm gets. I'm still going to do this because for me, that's what makes a difference. Me going out there and teach people you know, the rights, how to, you know, what not to do, what to do, how to improve your your situation in a legal perspective. But I also teach a lot what I'm teaching. I, I you know, I'm like, be the J effect. I, I tell people some. So for me, education's number one, but also we did a pretty big scholarship this year for a Latino high schooler that wants to go pro in baseball. And that's because my husband played in college. So he's really big about that. He's really big about sports and teaching young kids to focus their energy in that instead of other things. So we actually did a pretty big scholarship this year with Telemundo, which is a um, TV station here locally. Um, and we partner up. We I want to do more for women, right? Like women who want to go to law school, maybe, or they want to go to college, right? Especially our community, like our, our, our culture, we're still seeing moms telling young Latina girls, why are you going to school? That's dumb. Why are you going to do that? You should go get a job entry level. You should get married, right? We still see that. And I kind of want to be maybe a motivator to change that. So for me, doing that in our community would be amazing. I think you can be for sure. I like what you said also about like build a healthy business be healthy, and then give back. Sort of set yourself up for success and then figure out where you want to put. Because that is sort of the goal, but it's hard to give and have an impact when your own business is not healthy yet. If you weren't a lawyer, what would you be? I always think about this, actually. I think my personality doesn't fit a lot of other careers, (laughs) but I would love to be like a public speaker or a motivator. Like, just teaching people, you know, how to change their mindset. I truly would love that, which I can still do that. Right. But I wasn't a lawyer. I'll probably something with, you know, speaking engagements or public speaking. I love that. I love being able to change somebody's perspective by just what you say and how you've lived your life or what you've learned. So I love that. Find yourself through the mess and discover your why along the way. Knowing your larger why can help you through the darkest moments. It can also help you navigate the most challenging pressures that come with transforming a firm into a thriving practice. Figuring it out can and should take time. But as Karen says, start where you are and keep working at it. 
A big thank you to Karen Barrios for sharing her story and unbelievable insights with us today. You have been listening to Law Her with me, Sonia Palmer. If you found this content insightful, inspiring, or it just made you smile, please share this episode with a trailblazer in your life. For more about Karen, check out our show notes. And while you're there, please leave us a review or a five-star rating. It really goes a long way for others to discover the show. And I will see you next week on Law Her. We'll shed light on how another of the brightest and boldest women in the legal industry climbed to the top of her field.